الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى اله واصحابه واصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا اما بعد فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القران المجيد والفرقان الحميد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم للرجال نصيب مما ترك الوالدان والاقربون وللنساء نصيب مما ترك الوالدان والاقربون مما قل منه او كثر نصيبا مفروضا رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي صدق الله صدق الله مولانا العظيم وبلغنا رسوله النبي الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين my dear respected elders and brothers everything in this world in the heavens above the heavens below the earth everything belongs to allah lillahi ma fi as-samawati wa ma fi al-ard everything in the heavens and the skies everything in on the earth everything between the heavens and the earth belongs to allah we ourselves we belong to allah inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun we belong to allah and to, to allah is our return for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is sovereignty over the entire world lahu mulku samawati wal ard allah is the king of all kings allah owns everything in fact insan human beings own nothing it is only what we own our car our house we say my house my car this ownership is only a privilege from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allah ta'ala has granted us a privilege for us to say that this is my house and my car until we are alive in this world we have this privilege to say that this is my house my car my wife my children somebody will ask who's this is my my son this is who's this this is my daughter uh, whose car is this this is my my car this is only a privilege from allah subhanahu wa taala allah has bestowed us these nemats and these gifts for us to use in this world until our eyes are open as soon as your eyes close as soon as our eyes close everything goes back to allah and then allah decides who is now going to benefit from that which you were saying is my house my car my uh, uh, my money whatever it is allah will decide who is going to benefit from that so so long as we are alive allah has allowed us to use it allah has granted us the privilege of saying that it is my belonging it is part of my uh, you know my my property etc but as soon as the eye closes then that goes back to allah and now allah decides not we decide allah decides who is going to benefit from that who is now going to be the new owners of that car of that house of that uh, gold and silver and properties that you had allah will decide now who is going to be the owner of that if we have understood this intro of mine then it will become very easy for us to understand the laws and the rules of inheritance 
Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa has emphasized upon us, has emphasized upon us to learn the laws of inheritance. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, تَعَلَّمُوا الْفَرَائِدَ وَعَلِّمُوهُ nas." Learn the laws of inheritance and teach it to the people. فَإِنَّهُ نِصْفُ الْعِلْمِ For it is a very very great part of knowledge. It is half of knowledge. وَهُوَ أَوَّلُ شَيْءٍ يُنْزَعُ مِنْ أُمَّتِي It is one of the first things that is going to be lost to my ummah. My ummah is going to forget about it and they're going to lose this knowledge of inheritance because they are not going to give attention towards it. Why And why insan is not giving attention towards it? Because we have this wrong notion and wrong belief that whatever I have is mine. I worked for it seven to seven, seven days a week. I worked for it from eight to late, so it is mine. And before I die, I must decide who it must go to. And then we're making wills and we're going to the lawyers and we're making different wills and we're saying, no, this must go to that one and this one must go to that. This property must go to that boy and this son. Why? Because we have this wrong, wrong concept thinking that it is mine. It is not mine. It belongs to Allah and Allah is going to, de- is going to decide who is going to benefit from my uh, belongings or who is going to benefit from my estate after I have left this world. One sahabi, Hazrat Anas, uh, uh, Hazrat Aus uh, bin Malik, radiallahu ta'ala, he passed away leaving behind uh, two daughters, his wife and an infant, infant son. And it was a custom in the pre-Islamic days that the men folk or the men of the family used to come and they used to take, take everything away. So the wife came complaining to Rasulullah sallallahu about it. Another sahabi, Hazrat Saad bin Rabi radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he, he was made shaheed in the battle of Uhud. He left behind a daughter and a wife. I mean two daughters and a wife. You see, likewise his brothers came and they took everything. That was the norm in the society. That was the custom prevailing in those days. They came and they took, took, took everything away. She came complaining to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam initially kept silent, waiting for directive from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and for revelation and wahi. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't reveal the ayahs of the Quran. لِلْرِجَالِ نَصِيبٌ مِمَّا تَرَكَ الْوَالِدَانِ وَالْأَقْرَبُونَ وَلِلْنِسَاءِ نَصِيبٌ مِمَّا تَرَكَ الْوَالِدَانِ وَالْأَقْرَبُونَ مِمَّا قَلَّ مِنْهُ أَوْ كَثُرْ and thereafter, together with that ayat in Surah Nisa, Allah Ta'ala revealed an entire ruku uh, uh, explaining the different shares of the, of the different A's. Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam then called the brothers of Sa'ad bin Rabi, and likewise in the previous instance, the menfolk of that, of that family. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam then explained to them the law of Allah, that this doesn't belong to us, it belongs to Allah, and Allah decides who is going to get what. Called the, uh, uh, the brothers of Saad bin Rabi radiallahu ta'ala and said to them that one eight goes to the wife, the daughters will share from the two thirds and the balance is for you. Why? Because if a person passes away and he doesn't have any male issues, he doesn't have sons, then the brothers inherit. And obviously if there's no father, then the brothers will inherit in his estate. So Nabi Karim sallallahu then explained to them. Another episode also took place. Hazrat Abdurrahman bin Thabit radiallahu ta'ala anhu, the brother of the famous poet who used to sing praises of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi Hazrat Hassan bin Thabit radiallahu ta'ala anhu. When he passed away, he left behind five sisters. He left behind a wife and five sisters. There again there was this, where the family comes and they take everything away. 
She also came complaining. The wife also came complaining to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed these ayats of the Quran giving directive and explaining the shares of each and every A in a person's estate. And Allah Ta'ala revealed the ayats of Yusikumullahu fi awladikum lizdakari mittu haddil untain. Entire ruku is giving detailed description or detailed shares of each and every A. You can ask the Hafiz al-Qur'an, you know, one of the most difficult ruku to buy heart is Yusikumullahu fi awladikum. Because we get tend to get confused also when you are reading this, uh, this ruku, I mean, I mean this, uh, this ruku and, and these ayats of the Qur'an. And at the end of this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, you see, oh, one other very important point is that when it came to salah, zakat, or even hajj, and other rituals of deen and commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah ta'ala in the Quran gives us the command that you should perform salah. The details of it you'll find in the hadiths of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. There's four rakats in in zuhr, there is four rakats in asr, and there's four and three rakats in maghrib salah. This is sunnah, this is wajib. Whatever the details of the salah you'll find in the hadiths of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Likewise for zakat, two and a half percent, and who you should give, who you shouldn't give, and what are the details of zakat you'll find in the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Likewise regarding Fasting, what breaks your fast, what doesn't break your fast. But when it comes to inheritance, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala detailed the shares of each and every A in, in this entire ruku and in other ayats of the Quran. Explaining, showing us the importance, the importance of the inheritance. Therefore, at the end of this ruku, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Tilka hududullah. This is the stipulation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah has stipulated it. We have no say in the matter. We have no say in the matter. Allah has decided already that when a person dies, then so much is going to go to so and so, so much to the wife, so much to the son, so much to the daughter, and so much to the brother if there's no sons, and so much to the father, and so much to the mother. Allah has detailed it already. Allah says, Tilka hududullah. Then Allah says, وَمَن يُتِعِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ يُدْخِلْهُ جَنَّاتٍ تَجْرِ مِنْ تَحْتِ الْأَنْهَارُ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا وَذَلِكَ هُوَ الْفَوْزُ الْعَظِيمُ For a person who abides by the stipulation of Allah, by the decree and the rules and the laws that have been set by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah has prepared for him jannat, Allah will give him a beautiful abode in the hereafter, and this is the greatest of success. But then Allah warns, وَمَن يَعْصِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ وَيَتَعَدَّ حُدُودَهُ يُدْخِلْهُ نَارًا خَالِدًا فِيهَا وَلَهُ عَذَابٌ مُهِينٌ And whoever oversteps the mark which has been set by Allah, he disobeys Allah, وَيَتَعَدَّ حُدُودَهُ And he does what he feels like doing regarding his estate. Many a times, a lot of people, they cannot accept. They cannot accept the distribution that is being done by the shariat. They cannot accept it. No, my father left so much, I can't give everything to my sisters. I can't give them, they share accordingly. And they will make the sisters waive their rights. No, father said before he died, he said, no, this must go to me. This house is mine and this car is mine. My father said like this. Remember, no person has a choice in the matter of his estate once it is decided by Allah. You don't have a choice in your estate. 
That is why I mentioned in the introduction, everything belongs to Allah. As soon as you close your eyes, then everything goes back to Allah and then Allah has decreed who's going to benefit from your estate. If a person says, when I die, then my house must go to so and so, my car must go to so and so, then he's in actual fact dictating from the qabr. He is actually dictating from the qabr as to who should benefit from his estate and that's not jais at all. So this way the old people especially unfortunately are very accustomed to saying that when I die, then my house must go to this son. And then they call all the children and they tell them that. Now the poor girls because my father's wish, so they just sign those documents. It is haram to do that. Because there is la, yuratul war, that an heir cannot become, a, a cannot, you cannot make wasiyat and bequest for an heir. You are only allowed to make a bequest and wasiyat from one third of your estate. And that too not for an heir. Because they are already automatic shareholders. Your son is an automatic shareholder. Your daughter is an automatic shareholder. Your wife is an automatic shareholder. Your father, your mother are automatic shareholders. Yes, in your estate if you put my name, no problem. Because I'm not an automatic shareholder in your estate. If you want, I can give you my ID after your after Jummah. But a person who is an automatic heir in your estate, you cannot put him in the one-third share. So even the one-third of your estate, Allah has defined the rules regarding that. So we don't have no say in our estate. It is already established, already confirmed by Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa If anybody leaves behind a will that is un-Islamic, stipulating according to your mindset who should get what, then there is many wrongs that you have done. First thing is you have disobeyed the command of Allah, which Allah makes mention of وَمَن يَعْصِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ وَيَتَعَدَّ حُدُودَهُ يُدْخِلْهُ نَارًا خَالِدًا فِيهَا وَلَهُ عَذَابٌ مُهِينٌ There will be a dreadful punishment for that person because he has completely disregarded the hukam and the command of Allah and he has made a will which is against the command of Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That's the first thing. The second thing is you have left this world whilst you have usurped the right of someone. And you will have to pay for it on the day of Qiyamah. You will have to pay for it on the day of Qiyamah. Whether it's your wife's rights, or whether it's your daughter's rights, or whether it's your brother's rights. Especially when it comes to brothers, you find many a time. They say, you know, like for example, a person's got no male issues. He's only got girls. He's got no father, he's got no mother, he's only got girls, his father, mother are late. So automatically, according to the decree of Allah, it's not my decree. It's not anybody's decree. It is the decree of Allah. Your brothers will inherit. Your brothers, the deceased brothers will inherit from his estate. Now unfortunately this, many of us cannot digest. Because unfortunately, we are not on talking terms with our brothers. Many of us got problems, family feuds for years going on. We're not on talking terms. And we're thinking in our minds, no, my brother cannot get one cent from my estate. So who decides this? You decide or does Allah decide? Who's deciding? Because now again, this is the wrong concept we have. We think that everything belongs to us. It doesn't belong to us. We must leave this dunya in a condition that Allah is happy with us. We leave whatever Allah has given us to benefit from. We will leave it as is and we will leave the dunya. Allah has decided already who who is going to inherit from your estate. Yes, 
for uh, purposes of ease, we will sign a will. You, a jamiyat has a will, you sign the Islamic will, you sign it and leave it finished. That's it. There's no need for us to stipulate that this house, how 50% goes to the wife, 50% goes to the other son, and this car here must go to that daughter, and this car must go to that son. There's no need for us to stipulate anything, because as I mentioned, there is no bequest for an automatic heir in your estate. So very, very important for us. Number one is that because of ease of, uh, of, because in the country that we live in and for things to be, uh, what you can say, for the speeding up of, of, of matters, we should all have an Islamic will. Whether we regard ourselves as rich or not, many of us, we regard ourselves as poor. And because I'm poor now, first of all, we don't bother about the zakat. The other is we don't bother about making up a will. But remember, shariat, in shariat, a rich person is a person who has more than the nisab. And what is the nisab? The nisab is about 9,000, 9,500. Many of us normal working class people living what we call, uh, you know, hand to mouth and, and from month to month, but they have a saving in the banks of 15,000, 20,000. Over the years they've been saving. In shariat, you are regarded as a rich man. You cannot take zakat and you should give zakat. That's number one. Number two is you also regarded as a rich person in terms of your inheritance. And even if you are not rich in terms of the shariat, in terms of the nisab and the benchmark of zakat, even if you have 5,000 rand or 2,000 or 3,000 rand, you have uh, belongings in your house, perhaps you have a car. You may be zakatable but you have a car. When you're going to pass away, there are people who are going to become the heirs of that little belongings of yours. So therefore it is important to have a will. But remember an Islamic will. If we don't understand, go to the ulama, to your imam sahab in the masjid, whichever masjid you are in. Go to them and find out from them. Nabi Karim sallallahu said, two nights must not pass in your life, but that you have a will signed and kept. You have, uh, you have, uh, you have fixed the matters regarding your estate. So that's one very important thing. The other very important point is to leave the right executors in charge of your estate. Many people, they will just take one of the sons or two of the sons and say, right, everything is in their hands. But that son, unfortunately, got no consciousness of Allah. There's no taqwa in him, no consciousness of Allah. You close your eyes, you put the wrong executor to your estate and he usurps the rights of his sisters. He usurps the right of his granny, in other words, his, the, deceased, the deceased mother. Or he usurps the right of his grandfather, the deceased father. He, you are going to be answerable also for putting the wrong person in charge of your estate. That is why it is important for you to sign a proper Islamic will. And the best thing is to sign a will like, for example, the Jamiat will. So that if there's a, dis there's a dispute, the Jamiat steps in and they are the arbitrators in the matter. Then very important is to understand what belongs to who. Many people, they don't know what belongs to who. This, uh, this aspect of getting married in community of property is totally un-Islamic. There is no such a thing as 50, when you get married and make nikah, 50% belongs to the wife that, uh, or from the husband's property and 50% of the wife's property belongs to you. Now let's look, look at this. If you paid your wife meher, you gave her jewelry, 
We gave a jewelry which is, for example, worth 50,000 there. And when you made nikah and you went and registered on community of property, it's like automatically you've taken 25,000 rand back from her, 25,000 worth of jewelry back from her. Which is totally haram, it's a dowry, it's her her belonging. When you make nikah, especially the older people that have got this community of property, before you pass away, you need to rectify that. And those of us that are still to get married or still to register our marriage, go to the ulama and find out from them, you need to register your marriage on ANC anti-nuptial contract. So that this concept of 50% belongs to the wife and, and 50% to the, to the husband, which is completely un-Islamic, has to come out of our community. What belongs to the husband, belongs to the husband. What was the wife's property, belongs to her. When he passes away, his estate will be divided according to what he owned. And the wife's estate will be divided according to whatever she owned. So very important to confirm what belongs to who. And then once again, I'd like to emphasize on this point, that this way we say, by lip service we say, like somebody is going for Hajj, he calls his whole family, for his sons and his daughters and his wife is there, and he say, if I have to die, if I have to pass away, then this house will go to the sun, and that factory will go to so and so, that is completely un-Islamic, it is not permissible, if the son or whoever is the executor of the estate goes by what you said, by verbally said, then you are going to be taken to task in the hereafter, your children or whoever benefits from that wrong distribution of the estate will be eating haram also. You will be eating haram because you have usurped somebody's right. You have usurped somebody's right, you will be eating haram and a complete redistribution of the estate has to take place. Unfortunately, unfortunately, many empires have crumbled because of the estate and because of the inheritance not being distributed correctly. And also, unfortunately, many empires are built on haram also, where the uh, inheritance of the daughters or the aunts or the, or the uncles or whoever it is was usurped, and an entire empire was built on haram. Now we might be enjoying it, but on the day of Qiyamah, we will have to pay for every cent, every cent that we had usurped of, of the person and have taken the inheritance of someone. And in the hereafter, there is no paying with rands and cents. There will be no property to give back. There will be no cars to give back. You will have to give your amals and your good deeds. All the hajj and the umrah that you made, all the ramadans that you fasted, all the salah that you made, you will have to pay with those, with those amals of yours. So let us become very, very particular. Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala anhu says, مَن لَمْ يَتَعَلَّمِ الْفَاتْحَرَائِدَ وَالتَّلَاقَ وَالْحَجَّ فَبِمَا يَفْدُلُ أَهْلُ الْبَادِيَةِ He used to say that if a person doesn't learn the laws of inheritance, he doesn't learn the laws of talaq, and he doesn't learn the laws of hajj, then what's the difference between him and an ignorant farmer? It is important for us, even if, what, if it is important for each and every one of us to go and sit with the ulama and find out how my will should be made. What are the rules? 
what are the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala otherwise we are going to be taken to task on the day of Qiyamah may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us understanding there are many examples we can give but we don't have the time in order to explain all that but to find out more we need to sit with the ulama and go to them and, and try and rectify in this uh, masla and this aspect in our life